This is SPF Zero, Episode Nine for October Third, Twenty Twenty. Hello, Juan. Hello, Charles. How's it going? <laughs> I tried to get my giggles out before the show. It didn't work. <laughs> is it like one of those? Did you did you do this when you were a kid when you would just kind of look at someone? I don't know if you might do it as an adult too, but you look at someone and then you're not able to hold it in, and you just laugh. Is that what's happening right now? Um, pretty much. I'm 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 so happy to talk to you. I'm giddy, and I'm now I'm giggling <laughs> for no reason. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, how how have you how have you been? How have you been? This is this has been a crazy week. How have you this been? Is, this has been a crazy week, personally and. Uh politically and across the the united states i was going to say the world but that would be just a typical american mindset to think that the u.s is yeah no the world's, the world's fine the world's doing fine <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh did you ever have you ever uh heard of the show miracle workers no it's a show is this about helen keller no no i mean that was a miracle but no um, no, I, well, it's an old movie called The Miracle Worker, and it's about Helen Keller. Oh, okay. <laughs> very, well, very you like, uh, after I'm done with my tidbit, you you talk about Helen Keller and the difference. No, there's nothing to talk about there. Oh. That was it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Anyway, Miracle <laughs> Workers. Um, it's a show on TBS, and it stars Daniel Radcliffe, also known as Harry Potter, and uh-huh. uh, Steve Buscemi, also known as. Uh-huh. The guy in Adam Sandler movie. The guy. <laughs> um, but it's a show about the first season is about um, Earth and the perspective of heaven. So Daniel Ratcliffe plays a person who works in heaven and works in the uh, wishes department. I think it's called the wishes, but you know, whenever you like wish to heaven or wish to God about something happening. And then Steve Buscemi plays uh, God himself. And basically, towards the end, he, spoiler alert, he goes to his parents because he gives up on the idea of Earth. And so he's going to his parents to get funding for a different idea. Um, But essentially, he goes and looks at Earth. And at first, he's saying how it was so optimistic and just putting people who you know, can then just have power and influence over whatever happens on this earth and, and how they act on it. And now it's, you know, turned into what, what we have now. And it's just a, a joke. And he's, he's wondering, you know, if he made a mistake ever making earth and everything. And, you know, with today's climate, you kind of wonder like how people specifically have influenced the earth and influenced how everything's going. And uh, I kept thinking, I, I think about those scenes more and more often when they point out to the absurdity of what's going on around America. And I think, wow, like, yeah, I wonder if, I don't know how you feel about religion. I, I feel like there's something, I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's something. And I do wonder if there is something like what they're thinking now with everything that's going on and like how crazy and, and rampant uh, frustrations and everything is. Yeah. Like how far can it go? Right. Yeah. Just, 
you know, if, if there's going to be more of a, of a silence or like a tranquility or peace anytime soon. Yeah. I don't know. Like, um, nah, never mind. I'll get into it, but carry on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just with everything that's going on, I, I guess this week, um, I finished out my month in Salt Lake City and overall, I think like the bucket list or the to do things, you know, got marked off and a lot of, a lot of good things happen. I can firmly say that I've experienced Salt Lake City. So if you were to make a, like a, a short list of places that you'll want to retire to, um, was Salt Lake City be on that list now? Don't tell me what else is on that list because you haven't been to a lot of places that you might want to check mm. out. But let's say Salt Lake City was on the list before, so you're checking it out. Is it crossed off the list or is it still on the list? To retire. Oh, that's a good question. Because um, usually when I travel places, I always think about, can I live here? Can I retire here? Would I be happy to retire here? Mm-hmm. And I haven't really found that place yet, but... Was Salt Lake City that place for you? It's it's or it's at least it's so weird because I want to say I want to say no because it was it was nice and during the winter which you know we weren't there during the winter Mm -hmm. there's that whole skiing element to it Mm -hmm. which seems nice for uh, retirement and the. golf golf is good out there so that's also a nice thing for retirement but i just i i wouldn't be happy about the cities i'm surrounded by that's one thing i take into account it's like say you get bored in your city where can you go travel to another city and i think that's what makes los angeles great because you can go to san diego you can go to las vegas and you're the closest to hawaii and you know you have some short trips short flights if you want to go to phoenix or san francisco so i think los angeles is one of the best cities when you account what's around you salt lake city is not and the reason i bring that up is because it's not the best here i mean in salt lake city like food wise and adventure and sort of fun times uh, so I would say no. I'd say retirement wise, it got it got marked off the list. Oh, okay, interesting. So where are you now? But what are you? What's on your list? What's on my list? Um, California. Yeah, you had to. If you had basically to... right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much because everywhere I visited so far, I don't know. I don't know if I could live there for a, a long time. What are you looking for? Detroit was kind of nice, but Detroit also has winter that I probably will not do well in. And international cities, mm. I think there's a there's that language barrier that I'll have to overcome first. But maybe that can be part of it, just trying to learn the foreign language. And uh, and there's some conveniences. Yeah. In, yeah. And in, in like, and like Beijing is like really, really convenient. But I mean, the... the um, the 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 pollution and everything is really bad so yeah so la is on the list now 
where I'm living is on the list. But besides that, uh, your apartment. <laughs> so, yeah, specifically my apartment. I'm not even going to move my apartment. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, at least you have one place. I guess if you're trying to stay optimistic, you at least have yeah. one on there. Uh, but that's good. How's uh, how's your weekend? Um, it was all right. I mean, the whole world sort of fell apart. Not the whole world. The whole U.S. sort of fell apart. You know, there was a crazy debates that happened. I just they just kept yelling at each other. Um, Trump has COVID, has a positive COVID, and a bunch of other. Like at least three other senators and getting governor, ex former governor Christie and um, the 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 head of Notre Dame and a bunch of people also got COVID and it's it's coming down to that one. Um, it looks like it's coming down to that one um, uh, Rose Garden press uh, conference to 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 announce the the, the new um, nominee for the Supreme Court justice. It looks like it's pointing all to that event or not so much the outside event, but maybe some indoor events that haven't been prior to that. And so uh, the world has uh, been uh, kind of, uh, well, the U.S. has been kind of falling apart. But um, this week, I, I, I like told, told you last week that my the band I'm playing is starting up again. And so this week we had our first uh, rehearsal and it went re- really, really, really well, I think. Um, we did not virtual. meet in person. Yeah, it was all virtual. Oh, okay. yeah. And so we did not meet in person, which I think is the best thing to do. I mean, it's one thing to meet for class, but when you're playing together in a band, it is just spit everywhere, right? Like I mentioned before, it was just it spit everywhere. So that's how you get the virus. That's, that's exactly what you're not supposed to be doing. And so luckily we didn't do, we, we met virtually. So how do we play, uh, how do we play in vir- virtually? Because uh, Zoom, the latency on in Zoom or any other, uh, video teleconferencing software is never good enough to ever play together, and so well, yeah, it sounds have, like a nightmare. Yeah, it's unless you have solutions, let us know because we're always looking for new ideas. But so this is what we did: we were all on Zoom, and there was about fifty of us, and we can put on the gallery view where it shows all fifty people on video. We had our instruments, so it wasn't just all lecturing and talking about it. And so we had a setup where I had the music on my stand in front of me. I'm on camera. Um, Everyone is muted, basically. Uh, you can't unmute yourself, but everyone's muted. And the the band director would take a video of of from YouTube. So the, people post videos of these concert things all the time. And so um, some people post an entire piece, and then on the on the video part, it's just a complete score, and so we can follow along. And so he talked about that for a while, and then played it, and then showed us and told us what we do. And then we got to play it. So we we play a, he'll play the recording and we'll just play along with the recording. Um, so he can't hear us. We can hear ourselves with the recording, and he will make some comments. And then there's also clips that for one of the the, the piece we're playing is Lincolnshire Posey, which is a probably the most famous uh, concert band piece, and one of the most famous concert directors is Frederick Fennell, who pretty much started this whole concert band type of band, you know, because there are symphonies before, but when when ensemble kind of concert band, he sort of started it. Um, And so there's a clip of him directing uh, the Navy band, I think, either Navy or the Marine band um, from the 80s, I think. And it was just some guy who set up a video camera, uh, you know, not even HD, just a video camera, and just 
you know, shot him the whole through the whole thing thing. So he's conducting it. And that's it was amazing because basically we're being conducted by one of the most famous conductors in the world, um, playing this piece. So we just played along with that. And then he would stop the recording, talk about it a little bit, play it for a certain spots so we can play together. So it's not the best thing in the world to do, but I think it's really, it was a really clever idea what he tried to do. And it actually I think worked out pretty well. Um, I mean, I don't, we can't really perform a concert with this type of rehearsing, but we can't really perform a concert anyway right now, right? Uh, we can't gather together in, you know, can't have a concert with a bunch of people come watch. So I don't think we're going to perform anything. We can do it virtually, and we're still talking about doing it virtually, maybe, but it's a lot of work. I mean, I think you've seen some of the, the people do it with singing and so even some people do little concerts, but doing with like 50 something people, it's a lot of editing that needs to get done that um, somebody has to do. And so it won't be easy. Um, but so this week I got a little taste of what is to be like in school with this whole virtual learning thing. And it's, it's tough. It's, it's not easy. Uh, I mean, I don't, I feel bad for the teachers who are trying their best to do everything in, in the situation, but there's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that anyone having to deal with children in general is just so difficult to do. But then on top of it, you can't actually see them and they have to like focus on a screen and then just watch. Oh, it just sounds like a nightmare in itself. Yeah, so I have a friend who's a I, I kindergarten have teacher. no idea how to do oh, that. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I have a friend who's a kindergarten teacher, and she posts on Facebook like day one, and then she tells you know, all the different things that happen in her class, and it's it's hilarious and and, and kind of sad, and because they're kindergarten students, so you know, not not a ton of learning going on anyway, right? And then so like today, day day fourteen, uh, only had three kids without clothes on <laughs> running through the camera. We saw thir- thirteen cats, and. Um, it's the most hilarious thing, but it's also they're just trying the best. I mean, we have Wi-Fi problems in school. It's it's all on all it's all online right now for her classroom too, but she just has these really funny little things that happen that you know you just have to deal with every day. And they're in kindergarten, so half of them don't know what's going on, and half of them just excited to see somebody on the screen, right? Like, oh my gosh, there's another kid on the screen. I won't be their friend, but they can't really you know interact or anything like that. So uh, it's yeah, it's interesting to see. Yeah, I, I. What do you think would be like the most difficult job right now, given like the with the changes because of the pandemic? Like teachers, definitely sound like one of the. That's high a ones good question. There. I have to think about that because teachers are. It is difficult, but it is different. Uh, even between teachers, because a kindergarten teacher and a college professor are totally different, right? They teach totally differently. And I think if you had uh, online classes for a college professor, it might be a lot easier, especially if it, it's one of those big lecture classes and he's just lecturing anyway, and maybe had a had a PowerPoint to go along with his lecture. And if you're, I mean, that if it's online versus not online, it's not much of a difference because in those big classes, you weren't interacting with teacher much anyway. You weren't asking questions, and so that might be okay, but like a first grader learning to read or kindergarten learning the alphabet and stuff uh, just to get their attention on the Zoom call would be difficult. There's that. And then there's like, I'm thinking 
like essential workers or our frontline workers that are exposed to the virus all the time, you know, they might have a hard job also, and they have an additional stress that wasn't there before. Or like business owners, like mom and pop restaurants, uh, they got to get pretty creative to survive, right? I'm sure businesses, Dan, even if they do DoorDash and Postmates, all that stuff, even then, I think their their business will be down. So I don't know. What do you think? Anything that comes to mind that is really bad right now? I think a lot, lots of stuff is really bad. Yeah, I think the, the worst part maybe at this point is kind of have, being forced to go back to work. Um, you know, one thing that uh, I talked to you about was that Florida is lifting all of its restrictions. And I can't imagine if you're a person, you know, struggling about struggling to deal with this decision of should I go back to work and expose myself to a, a regular environment on that when the when the virus is so prevalent, especially in the state of Florida, you know, or possibly get fired because, you know, I, I'm not going to work because of health conscious reasons. I, Are you I talking think like it's a... Uh, are you talking like an office job? People have to go back to the office if it's open? Well, they they lifted all restrictions. So basically they're saying the state is not mandating anything and for the pandemic. Like you don't have to socially distance. You don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to do anything. They're saying it's free for all. It's up to Eva local ordinances you know to to figure it out and do what they want so essentially if your office were to say hey there's no restrictions everyone go back to work um they would would not find they would not have any legal ramifications from people uh objecting to that decision so like I think about that, and I think about some countries like Japan and Sweden that don't have, well, I think Sweden does, but I don't think Japan has any regulations. I mean, they were not locked down, and I don't even think they require masks everywhere. But they are also a culture that sort of know that, or at least are polite enough to wear masks, even though they're not asked, they weren't told to, right? Which is mm-hmm. not the same as Florida. So it says something about the people of Florida and the people of Japan that, you know, it, it in this case, the law doesn't really matter because of, um, sorry, I sneeze. <laughs> the, the law doesn't really matter so much because of how the people acted. And I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's the government's fault in Florida that they're not reacting to this correctly when they know the people of Florida don't know what to do exactly. You know, I put the responsibility on the government, although I usually don't, you know, I usually think you're, you're responsible for yourself. So you got to know what to do, but there's too many people that don't know what to do that they need good. leadership. I I think it's, I think it's going to be, I don't know if it's, it's, you know, to the people out there, you know, all you can do is wish them luck and hope that they make good decisions. Um, 
and I just think Florida you know, good decision be... hasn't been in the same sentence for a long time. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a, a learning period for a lot of states. I think they're gonna take what they see and and really try and implement the best that they can um, certain provisions to their own state. But I, I just imagine that if you're if you're very health conscious and you've been taking it seriously, you're very uh, worried because you know that there's a lot of people around you that aren't, and now those people have the have the right to live as they as they wish. Yeah. So, and a related thing is here in California. I have a lot of friends and family that are really big on theme parks. They love going to Disney. Like my my sister-in-law, my brother and sister-in-law, their kids, they take them to downtown Disney for a few times since COVID, you know, since they reopened downtown Disney. It's not even a theme park. It's just an outdoor mall kind of, right? But it's been really crowded there. And I, I think they try to go during the middle of the day where it's less crowded. But even then, it's 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 not great. And Disneyland and our local parks and Universal Studios, not SeaWorld, they've all been closed um, by the government. I think SeaWorld and Knott's have sort of reopened, but basically what they're doing is they're treating SeaWorld like a zoo and a food festival. And Knott's is just treating it as a food festival so they can sell tickets to a food festival inside Knott's and you can go there. None of the rides are running because theme parks are not allowed to open and Disney's is, hasn't opened at all. And they announced that they were laying off uh, like 20,000 people, which is a lot of people. Um, so like the way California is handling it, like I, I'm confused of why they're doing what they're doing. Kind of, I, I understand they want to try to protect everybody, but People are being, people are sort of losing their minds now, right? They've been locked up for so long, they are dying to just go out and do something, like go to a theme park, and they can't, so they don't. So the the pent-up demand is really, really high. And mixed with, so you so if you just tell them, oh, we can't open the park, can't open the park, they're not going to, they just don't care anymore. They don't know, they don't care, they don't really know why they, don't, they can't open the park. They just, they forget that oh yeah there's a pandemic that it's better to stay inside and just would rather go outside and do something because you know they think 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 they're invincible or something so i i don't know it's it's complicated and it's messy and another part of it is because we don't know everything about this virus right it's a new virus and we don't know how it behaves exactly and we're just trying to go along as it goes. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm just rambling now because there's just so much going on. I, I don't even know where to start with this. Um, so, yeah. yeah, there's definitely a lot of things that we have no idea about. And I think it's, I think it's just kind of the frustrating part. Like I understand people's frustrations about their daily lives being affected. It's just, unfortunately, like, people don't have the same interest. And so most of the time, I think, um, you know, our government doesn't have the same interests as the people, ironically. And most people are, have been affected so, so much. 
but there's still so much demanded of them. So I think the worst part is like, I don't know how long this is going to keep going for, you know? And uh, one thing, you know, maybe to, to switch topics, but during the presidential debate, like one thing that was talked about, obviously COVID came up, um, but the president kept saying that a, uh, a, uh, a vaccine was coming very, very soon. And um, he was saying that it could be here as soon as like November, including production of it. Mm-hmm and distribution of it and you know no one people don't agree with that you know the the actual pharmaceutical companies or those that are doing trials don't agree with that um i mean obviously he doesn't listen to that but even 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 listening to um the actual pharmaceutical companies and those doing the trials it seems like it is going to be expedited compared to you know, any vaccine that's the, you know, usual timeline of vaccines, it's just, but it is going to be more of a next year, like next summer sort of thing at best. So So, although it's been seven months now of this, you know, you're still looking at another seven months of this. Yeah. That's a long time. Like the, the whole thing with vaccines is I think in the beginning, even I was thinking this was, Okay, how does how is this going to end? How 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 do we fix this? And I think we're at least I was thinking we just got to get the vaccine. I think I was very dependent on this vaccine happening because that's the only way we can return back to normal. But now I'm less optimistic about it. I'm not saying there won't be a vaccine. I think I mentioned this before. I'm not saying there it won't be a vaccine, but there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee there will be. And if there is one, there's no guarantee it has a really high success rate. Like you know, polio or, or something like that, right? It might have a 50, 60% success rate, mm-hmm. which is still better than nothing, right? Uh, so that's, but I yeah. don't think we can depend on this this much. And we don't need a vaccine to be able to return to normal. I put that in quotes, you know, because there, there are, there's ways of stamping it out. If we all social distance, we all lock down for long enough, we it won't be able to spread to other people, right? And if it doesn't spread to other people, the t- disease will die out, mm-hmm. like with previous diseases we have, uh, you know, like SARS and and bird flu and stuff like that. I mean, they're I don't think they completely died out, but they're so isolated that you don't have this big outbreak. And so, I think Americans are are I don't want to say they're dumb. But they're kind of dumb, right? If 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 they truly understood this, and if they were able to control themselves somehow and really lock down for a good eight to twelve weeks, at like this, had the CDC was saying or something like that, and you know, then we can return to normal ish without the vaccine, because just depending on the vaccine, I don't think is enough. I mean. It, it feels like we're putting all the eggs I guess in I would the basket just wonder, and the chicken can die. Say, say if, we, if we look at how mm-hmm. Australia went, Australia has been doing a lot better and they did basically a nationwide shutdown and then they got, I, I don't know how they're doing right now because I know that they were having 
actual sporting events and but then they had a, a mild flare-up and since then I, I haven't caught up and that was probably about um, a month and a half ago but I, I guess I'll play devil's advocate do you think that people would be people could function if if say we have a three-week shutdown and um, quarantine um could we I don't know. There's just, a, I, I guess I just think of it just as a financial standpoint. Like, I don't think people can stay inside for three months or three months, three weeks. Do you think that the, 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 the part that won't work is the financial part? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big, I mean, I, I think hopefully people worry about, you know, what, what is demanded of them before they think about, you know, just their, desires like i want to go out to eat i want to go to a sports game i want to go to the gym hopefully they're thinking about the things that are uh more of a necessity before they think about their own desires but yeah i do think the financial ramifications of it are probably the biggest part as to why people you know aren't able Mm -hmm. to just be in quarantine for three weeks playing devil's advocate i don't know i i I'm not a big financial person, right? And I don't know how the economy works that well. But I think two things. One is a three-month stop to everything, or three-week stop to anything, is better than a 14-month stop to everything, or a 14-month slowdown to everything, what we're having right now. And I think we can stop it. it. I mean, basically what the government did in the very beginning is what needs to happen if we decide to, okay, serious this time three months do not go outside at all we will pay for everything you know we just inject the economy a ton of money uh up front like they did before that will carry you over and when that time is over you know we won't give you any more money but you'll be able to hopefully continue working on that stuff not guaranteed solution either right i think that's just a a like a buffer or, or a, little, you know, a little bounce to get you to carry you through so, but even I don't think the economy is the the biggest issue for this. I well, in, in the sense, I think it's solvable. Than mm-hmm. than to um, than 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 it being something impossible. I don't know. Yeah, I think hopefully this opens up the eyes because a lot of times in these uncertain times we have to look at we have to, we look for help from people that are essentially just smarter than us. And that includes scientists and that includes government officials, because we don't know the ins and outs of what is going to happen to um, to us in terms of vaccine, in terms of our our finances, in terms of the economy, all of that. And so we turn to these people and I think hopefully it opens up an eye to the fact that it does does not seem as though our government is necessarily holding our our needs and our worries and and working off of that um you know i i i think that they didn't do a good job with the stimulus that they did you saw numerous big time corporations that were getting multi-million dollar amounts of of help but 
it's it's like that that was incorrect you know i don't think that harvard should get any money when their endowment is through the roof and that's just to name an example and then you you aren't or you give the airline companies a bunch of money because it's going to help them stay afloat and not have layoffs and then they end up doing it anyway so i think uh hopefully it opens up the eyes to the fact and i do say the fact um that the the government doesn't seem to be working towards um our benefit and i think that's a really big thing that people have have uh said against basically Donald Trump and even during the uh the debates that he hasn't done a good job of of what we hope to vote for in terms of a president is you're you're the commander in chief like when when things are in such dire emergencies as they are right now uh, you are in charge of trying to steer the ship and obviously there's so many different players to it but you are the the leading influencer in in those situations and i don't know if you would agree that the our last situation that was of of dire um of of dire repercussions was 9/11 but you know it's kind of like these situations where you 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 need someone to lead and i think that's one of the biggest takeaways like of of the trump presidency is it's just not in the favor of the american people as a whole i was going to disagree with you in the beginning cuz you're saying like it you depend on a bunch of smart people you know, you know, come up with vaccines or knows about the economy and stuff like that. And I thought, no, you know, everybody needs to be a little responsible, be smart about it. Like, do your own part, right? Whether it's to wear a mask or whatever. But then I thought, because I was thinking, how, how do other uh, other countries do it? And I think other countries, there are still dumb people, but they still wear a mask. And the reason they wear this mask is they trust their government, right? Or they trust whoever's telling them to do that, that this is going to solve things this is going to fix things and i think we lost that trust in the leadership here in the u.s um that we just don't we don't like there's people out there that don't wear masks they believe it's their constitutional right to not wear a mask or they're it's they're medically they can't wear a mask that's that's why like there's a there's too much mistrust there that that isn't is even allowed and so um I, I think that's that's almost ridiculous that that's happening. Um, but even like we had nine eleven happened. But we mentioned that I was thinking we were talking about I was talking about some other friends yesterday that there was an Ebola outbreak, and a few years ago when uh, Obama was president, and I barely heard anything about it, and it barely affected us because we because I don't think they they didn't hit us. I think. We took. We did a good job in stopping it. I mean, by we, I mean the the whoever Obama put together and this this task force thing that did, that was there years ago put a stop to it before it actually even got to us. So we were depending on. So I think there were other other great leadership moments, but we probably didn't even notice it because a great leadership moment is something you probably wouldn't notice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of times. Yeah. I'll just. 
Yeah, just even from. But when you're doing your job right, if it, it, it's it seems like nothing's happening because you're doing it right. It's only when you screw up that <laughs> people notice. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, to kind of turn it back to the debates, I think one thing that uh, Trump kept putting up was or, or saying, reiterating, is that the economy is recovering. And I think it's it's very, I, I always think of these things like when people talk about unemployment and people talk about the economy. Like when people say unemployment is down, that does mean that people have jobs. That does not mean that they have jobs that provide for them or that jobs that are, I, I will use the word dignified, you know. It, there's very i think the meat packing industry as a whole is notorious for being so detrimental to a person's health and so de- detrimental to their well-being the the standards of of their work environment are so low and it gets into the point that a lot of like amazon packaging centers or even like fedex and them and those types of businesses are also in that realm where you could be employing a lot of people and paying them, but one, the demand and stresses of it, like the physical demands are insane. The mental demands, like I know people who have worked for Amazon before and they are berated on a, on a daily basis to meet demands. It is not, there's a very high turnover rate for a reason. And with the meatpacking industries, like you have people that, you know, have to wear diapers while they're on the front line of the, of the factory because they are not allowed breaks. Like they're constantly working. I mean, even stories about COVID outbreaks because people are, you know, they're not forced to work, but financially because of where they are in their situation, they are forced to work. So I hate when people say, you know, unemployment rate is down because that doesn't necessarily say that, that um, the standard of living is good. And that wages right. are at, a number. A, yeah, it's, it's just, just a number, number that, that doesn't explain the whole picture. It's like when people say the economy is doing well because the stock market's up. The stock market is not an indicator of how well the economy is doing. I mean, the stock market has been up and it keeps going up, but that does I, that doesn't feel. I mean, it only tells yeah, you that not, the stock market is going up. The economy still is not great the the mom and pop shop on the corner is still going out of business you're still paying way too much when you should be or or stuff like that so yeah yeah those are just exactly. numbers they're not they not really tell you they don't tell you exactly how the economy is doing that's a yeah it's indicative how how the stock market is indicative of how, how like big corporations are doing more so than it is about your neighbors and even towns as a whole are doing or and or struggling in the current times. So that's one thing I wish, because a lot of the times, you know, and, and I do think, I do think that Trump has done a good job with the economy. He has, but again, using the same rhetoric, that does not mean that everyday people are better off because of the changes that he has made. And I think I wish that that was something that people really understood or at least looked into. I mean, because some people would disagree based on where they are in life. But I wish people would really understand that because I think it's a really strong point that people like to say, uh, the supporters of Donald Trump. 
and it is it is not just straight and narrow like oh the economy is doing well that means america is doing well and, and most americans are doing well and uh, so on and so forth i don't know how well he's doing with the economy i don't uh, not as optimistic as you are about it I and mean, cuz the economy wasn't doing bad when he got the presidency right we we're up on an upswing anyway and so we were on an upswing and then it was a it slight up. downturn in 2018 and then obviously everything that's happened with covid right and and uh but but overall in in the debates it, it wasn't uh i think one thing that was frustrating it was just the the lack of true information and the lack of true planning coming from each candidate like no one really uh divulged into what their plans are and what they hope to do upon uh upon winning the presidency right. and it was i, I, I think that's what it was go ahead. frustrating my my earpiece is going out but go ahead no, I was just going to say, so they covered uh, a lot of topics, including COVID, including Obamacare, um, including um, race relations in America. And yeah, I think most of it just turned into that annoying, at least for me, it's annoying, that annoying I, I talked to you about it last week or maybe a few weeks ago about it just it just being so dumbed down into red versus blue. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it kept going on. It was just, well, you know, the Democrats aren't doing a good job or the Republicans aren't doing a good job. And, you know, this this guy's a clown, which was literally said, or this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. So... It wasn't anything that the American people could have hope for. Is that much different than other debates? No, it might might not be different, but it's just such a, such a broken, what is the saying? A broken keyboard? Like, (laughs) yeah. What do do we care about this? (laughs) What does it say? It's a broken something. It's a dead horse. A dead horse? A broken record? I don't know. A broken, dead, beaten horse? Uh, No, I I did not watch the debate. And I purposely did not watch the debate because I don't feel like this debate is going to change anybody's mind. I feel like most people's minds are made up. Uh, It's not going to change my mind for sure. Um, But what it turned out, I think the stuff they complain about happens in all the debates. And I think that's just part of debating. Uh, The part that, that... was kind of unusual about this this debate uh, was uh, I heard there was a lot of yelling. <laughs> there was a lot of talking over each other and yelling, which usually doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Um, so I, I avoided it, but uh, I don't know. Is anybody listening out there convinced who to vote for because they watched the debate? Is there anybody out there haven't decided, made up their mind yet? I mean, I can see them saying, oh, I don't want to vote for Trump because Trump messed up everything, but I don't like Biden either. And so now what do I do now? You know, and I don't know. I, on, a, on, any, on any other year, I would probably say, just vote for a third party candidate. Vote for the one that agrees with you, that you agree with the most. But I don't think I want to say that this year either. I think uh, the, 
Trump has to lose. I'm not saying that in a, uh, 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 I don't know. I want to say is he has to lose in the sense that, uh, he has to, we had to make him lose. <laughs> it sounds kind of terrible, but, um, we can't go on like this. This is, this is not how, uh, uh, this is, this is not how life should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a, such a weird standpoint to be like, we just can't, like, we can't do this anymore. This is so frustrating. And uh, now we're not even sure there'll be more debates because I think the next debate is in like two weeks, right? And that's about the same time as the quarantine period of, of Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if everything turns out fine and he's healthy and, and by the end of it and, you know, stuff like that. So who knows what's happening now? Yeah, that's not normal. That's not normal anytime. Yeah, I'm wondering just what will happen. I, I saw that on what was it that Twitter is going to um, block anyone that wishes death upon the president now that he has COVID. And uh, I don't want to it, talk about Twitter. Yeah, I, I don't either. I'm just making a point. Um, and then the uh, what's it called? Um, then, uh, oh, what a, and during the debate, like, uh, Trump was making fun of Biden saying, oh, he has a, he has a mask everywhere he goes. It's ridiculous. Like we could be 200 feet apart. He'd still have a mask on. And then of course he gets COVID like shortly that after. Aged well. <laughs> yeah. That was just two days apart. The whole last week has been so crazy. It was like the debate happened like a month ago. It was just it's on Tuesday. Today's Saturday. It was on Tuesday. And then he didn't get COVID till he didn't announce he had COVID till, uh, what was it, Friday afternoon or Thursday afternoon? I think Thursday right. night. I remember it was late at night. I, I got the notifications. It was like 10, 10 o'clock you know, Pacific time. So the East Coast didn't even know about it until the next morning. And they probably woke up to a bunch of messages and a bunch of tweets about and notifications like, he has COVID now. And uh, this is all in the same week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a week. <laughs> I wonder what would happen. Let's say, let's say if the if the president passes away, would people vote for Pence? No, I think that Trump is still on the ballot because it's too late to change. I I I, I don't think it's happened at a presidential election, but I'm sure that um, for you know for Congress and governorships and stuff like that people people have died right before the election but there it was too late to change a name on the ballot and so they just voted for the person for voted for a dead guy and sometimes the dead people win and then they have to have a special election or something afterwards but i don't know that's what i've wondered I, i asked yeah i asked i put that hypothetical situation to my girlfriend just as kind of like jokingly but just to say, because I didn't know the ins and outs of what you just said, but I was wondering, mm-hmm. what happens if he passes away and they have the election and he still wins? Like, then what do we do? That I'm not. That sure happened. That. I, that happened in a in a town in, I want to say Romania. They actually did that. They voted in someone that had died of the coronavirus, and that person ended up winning the election. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Well, if Trump dies now, uh, Pence will take over just because 
you know, okay. vice president replaces the president. But on the ballot, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. It would just it would just be so funny because like all the Trump bros, I don't know, they just seem like douchey, like insecure people who need a type <laughs> A person to lead their lives because they just have nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know pe- a lot of people from Kansas who support Trump that are exactly like that. And it just seems like, you know, our, I know that smart business people like him because he's very pro-corporate benefits and all of that. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's it's funny because she – yeah, so I just think – what are all these? What would all these bros do if Trump died? And they're not gonna they're not gonna support Pence as much. Like he's not he's not that braggadocious, like in your face kind of person. They'll just like not Trump vote. Is. Probably. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying what they should do. I, no, I just think that's like I don't really care what they do. do. They'll probably end up like yeah. They'll just end up. I don't know claim that i think if if trump passes away it's just going to be a bunch of conspiracy theories that the that the left wing is killing people and this is all made up like that's i'm more worried about i think all 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 things indicate that nothing is going to go right no matter what happens yeah so well i still i'm still uh, signed up to to be a poll worker for this election um I haven't gotten called recently. They called me once when after I signed up, uh, or like once after I signed up and said, hey, are you still interested? And I said, uh, yeah, since I'm not doing anything, I'm not sure. Uh, but I haven't been called since. So I don't know what that would look like, what that would be. But I'm curious. Because, <laughs> yeah, the whole election is weird. The whole COVID thing is going to be a problem. I know in California, uh, everyone's getting a mail-in ballot. So you can just mail in. So I don't, I'm not I'm sure if people are actually going to go to the polls. Um, I'm sure some people are still are, but since everyone has a ballot, you might just on election day, just drive and drop off your ballot. You don't have to vote at the polling place. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, yeah, I just wonder how that's going to go in person <clears throat> sort of stuff and mail in ballots. I don't know. And it's, I don't know, it's coming up soon. That's the Yeah, thing. I got my it's sample like, ballot already. It's right around the corner. I got my sample ballot and my, uh, what do we call that booklet that gives you all the information of the, the characters? Not the characters, the candidates. <laughs> Whatever letter. The, the, the well, I can't. Write. I, I have no uh, idea. And stuff. So, yeah, it's, I think, a month away or so. Yeah, November 3rd, right? It's exactly a month away. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we don't need another so, week like this week, but I don't see it ending. <laughs> oof. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think the next few weeks with just the debates and obviously all the voting that's going to happen. And then, I mean, COVID's still going to be around. It is going to be an interesting race to the end of 2020. We were talking about it yesterday with some other friends that I can't wait for 2021 to come. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no guarantee things will get better in 2021. 
There's no no guarantee. I mean, it's not set by how what position we're in in accordance with the sun, and we're, and so therefore things are sort of turn around. It may not get better, so you know, just brace yourself. We're overdue for the big <laughs> one, you know. So so it can be giant to just wipe us all out. Who knows? Oh, yeah. this is so negative. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, I guess we. Um... Well. Where are you now? You haven't told us. Have you? I'm in I'm in Seattle. I am okay. in Lake well, technically Lake Stevens, Washington, which is about thirty minutes away. Twenty five, thirty minutes Can away. Can you go to Canada? Traffic. Right now? Uh probably. I know that on the way here we you know, at some point we saw the mile marker and the mile marker was indicating that Vancouver was I think it was like hundred and forty miles away. So I'm well, guessing no, that I, I know it's it's close enough for you to get to Vancouver, but can you actually enter into Canada right now? Um, I can't. But I no. are you saying like because of COVID, or are you saying yeah, yeah. because of the COVID? I think they the, I don't know. Are our borders closed between U.S. and Canada? I know we're open between uh, U.S. Yeah. and Mexico, and I have no seven idea. other countries. Oh, okay. <laughs> Canada is a cool place to visit. I like going up to Canada whenever I'm close enough like that. You can get this. How many truck. times have you gone to Canada? Um, yeah, legit to Canada, like uh, two, a couple what times. What do you mean to... legit? Well, legit, like I went on vacation to Toronto and Montreal, and then went to Vancouver for vacation twice. But last time I went to Detroit, Canada's right there, so I drove across really quick and drove right back. I mean, I had a passport, I mm-hmm. think, but I, you know that was a non-legit trip. I just went and got some food and got back and came back. Um, yeah, if you're there, there's a. There, I don't know why we're talking about this now, but if you go there, there's a there's a chocolate bar called the Coffee Crunch, which is sort of like a Kit Kat Kit Kat kind of wafer type chocolate bar, but coffee flavored. It's really good, and you can only get it in Canada. So, if you're there, look out for Canada. Look out for the Coffee Crunch. <laughs> I don't know why. I get distracted. I'm sorry. What were we talking about? <laughs> we we're changing topics, and then we changed topics on. Oh, that's topics. right. You're in Seattle now. You're in Seattle. That's right. Lake Washington. No, not yeah. Lake Stevens. Yeah. So it's really nice out here. Like every morning, it is. Is it, it's a lakefront property, which is really oh, nice and fancy. Like this morning, I just walked out, and then just kind of like meditated a little and, and wrote in my journal in the morning and then the day before that did a little bit Dear of swimming journal. did a little bit of kayaking so oh uh how's the weather up there uh it's kind of what you it's not raining i was gonna say it's what you would expect of seattle but it's not raining um and then the other part is just it's kind of cool like a nice coolness to the weather and uh a very uh Every morning it's very foggy since we're next to the right. next to the lake, which is really nice. Kind of, I, I like that sort of uh, does, that sort of feeling, that sort depressed. of look, sort of view. No, no, I mean I like it. I think it it's it's still sunny, so it's not dark. Oh. And no, I always wonder why. I mean, I guess I don't know why do people. 
associate the rain with no depression it's, it's or true. i mean it's not associated it's like clin- clinically clin- uh, yeah or studies I, I, i've been to seattle that. a few times more times than i really want to and uh i've been there where it was gloomy every day and, and like damp and sort of drizzly most days and after a few days of that i did get kind of depressed i couldn't i couldn't live there for sure i i would uh, just feel sad and not want to do anything because of it and also been there when they were had a heat wave where the temperatures were in like in the mid 80s or 90s, which is not that hot, but most places didn't have air conditioning either. And so it was just miserable because they didn't know how to handle it. So Seattle's not on my list at all, yeah, so ever. <laughs> of living or retirement? Yes. Not even visiting anymore. I don't want to visit <laughs> Seattle. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess more time will tell, but I'm excited about it because... There seems to be some, you know, if, if I haven't iterated enough, like there's good golfing here. Mm-hmm. So it, I do you I like food? That. And then uh, I do like food there's, and I'm, I'm pretty all around. There's the board. some really good restaurants yeah, not there. Not like super food. fancy, but just um, like like bistro type, a little nicer than your regular mom and pop shop and like using little you know, mm-hmm. hoity-toity with using local ingredients and stuff like that but you know you don't want to go there because it's kind of hipster but you go there anyway and you find out oh man they do taste really good so they have like like, like real nice little mom and pop restaurants in there I, I i went to this nice uh a cajun restaurant there that doesn't exist anymore so i'm not sure why i'm telling you that because i can't recommend it to you but uh there's a <laughs> excellent restaurants out there um you know check out the 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 space needle i'm sure you'll do and there's that monorail there uh, from the from the World's Fair they had there for the Space Needle, and you know Pike's Market, you know I don't actually I'm not sure if that's open right now because of COVID, but um, I'm sure you'll do all the tours. Yeah, I mean some things are closed down. That that's that's funny that you say like a closed down place uh, <laughs> that you're not going to recommend. But um, my aunt actually, it was funny because my aunt uh, she recommended this burrito place. And I was surprised because it's like my aunt who doesn't travel much and she's recommending me a place oh, in Seattle, but she, uh, yeah, she said it was awesome. And because of technology, like as I'm, as I'm having a conversation with her, I'm, I'm looking it up and then I had to awkwardly like break her heart and tell her that it's closed down. And, uh, and yeah, so it was like, all right, well, um, Thanks for the recommendation of the so closed down. Here's place, another reason. Here's another reason why I don't like there. Seattle. I went up there one time for one of my friend's weddings. Uh, it wasn't actually in Seattle, Seattle, but it was, uh, I think, probably near. It was like half an hour north of Seattle, closer to the Canadian border. Border, and um, I went there for this wedding. So we're having like a, like a rehearsal dinner, or just all the guys who were there. We were just having dinner together. We went to a Mexican restaurant, and. Uh, us being in California, we get Mexican food all the time. So my friend orders uh, tacos, and and they said, "What kind of meat would you like?" And he says, "Oh, can I get it with carnitas?" And he says, and the guy says, "We don't have carnitas." <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, what kind of Mexican restaurant doesn't have carnitas? So what kind of meat do you have? Oh, we have ground beef. And that's why that's another reason why I don't like Seattle. <laughs> you can't do Mexican food right. I guess we're just pretty spoiled. From you didn't go to a Mexican place. I think you have such a gray area of what Mexican no, food is. No, I think is. we're so spoiled in Southern California. We've been over this so many times. It is it is not what you think it is. Is carnitas Mexican food? 
It is. It is. Okay, this, this place that's does what I'm not saying. Have you didn't. You didn't. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm saying you did not go to a Mexican place. That's oh, what happened. Oh, oh. Well, no, my point is, you don't go to Washington for good Mexican food. <laughs> what is Washington known for? Uh, I mean, obviously, they have the fish market rain? out here, so that's probably a really big thing. What did you say? Rain. There's there's a place called Ivers, <laughs> which is a chain seafood restaurant, but I actually mm-hmm. enjoy Ivers. Uh, the clam chowder is good. I mean, it's it's a total chain, and they even have them inside the airports. So it's not like it's not like oh, this is a really great restaurant. But I actually, I I kind of like it. Yeah, I just have no idea. Like, if I I think obviously the one thing that I'm looking forward to trying uh, frequently is seafood and yeah, clam get, chowder. Oh, salmon! But that's about salmon is really fresh there, right? The, the salmon. Yeah, we actually went uh, to a beach there. It's not like a beach in California with sand, but it was a rocky beach in the sound. So probably where you will be at. And we were just able to pick oysters right off the ground. There were, I guess it was low tide. And so the oysters were just sitting there. And just, we picked them and just took them home and ate them. It's You probably can get sick and it's probably illegal. But, you know, I'm Chinese. We do legal things all the time. <laughs> we don't care. And so if you could do that, yeah, it's called awesome. The, it's called the wet market. <laughs> It wasn't even a market. We just picked it <laughs> off the ground. I was just wondering if, if maybe anyone else listening would think the same thing. It's like, uh, yeah, that's how we got this problem in the first place. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I always get worried. Like if someone gave me a, an oyster plus the whatever chucking knife that they uh-huh. use, I would, chucking. I would just, I would get so worried. I yeah, I would get worried that I would cut myself. Well, we didn't. We didn't eat it raw. We we uh, we put it in a toaster oven and then cooked it for a little bit. So once it, it once it dies, it pops open a little bit, and then you can just shove a pot, uh, a pocket knife, a butter knife in really easy because it's open like half a centimeter wide, so you can get it in easily and open it. So we didn't eat it raw, but even then, it's so mm. questionable because you picked it off the ground. <laughs> I, I think you can maybe it just has to be a certain size. No, I think that's crabs. I think I think it's six inches for crabs. I get them mixed up. You can go crabbing too. You just need one of those cages and then like a piece of chicken thigh and you throw it in there and then uh leave it down there for a while. Have you ever have you ever been on a ferry? That's one thing that I really want to do while I'm here. Yeah. You can you can take a ferry to Canada. I think Port Angeles uh there's a ferry from like Vancouver to Port Angeles. It is not mm-hmm. cheap though. If you look into it, it's not cheap. Hmm. Especially if you <laughs> take looking, your car on it. I, but, I'm looking for more of just like a, a short ferry. You know, just get my ferry itch. That's that's what I'm looking for. Not necessarily like take my car and, and make a runaway or something. Well, you're not running away. And it's not that long of a ride. But still, were you planning to take your car with you on the ferry? No, no, just oh. like a ferry that you just uh, go to, oh, like there's, no, you there's take like your car. little small there's little small islands off of Washington. You just go right, to but I mean, yeah, but if it just that's that's just basically riding a boat. That's hardly a ferry. I guess that's what they do. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm just trying. I'm just I'm just trying to scratch the itch. I'm not trying it's to. It's more impressive with a car. You want to drive onto a boat? That's what I'm saying. Try to drive onto eh. a boat without hitting your mirrors. Mm. <laughs> challenges, right. challenges yeah anyway so oh, well, I, I think I'll, 
I'll try to send you a list. Uh, a friend sent me a list of stuff that she liked when she lived in Seattle. And if I can find that list, I'll forward it to you. Oh, that'd be awesome. It's from How years ago, so that list? Uh, yeah, years and years and years ago. So <laughs> half of these might be closed. That's where I found out the Cajun restaurant, which I did enjoy, but now closed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're going to send Bruce me like Lee's a grave is there too. of Seattle. That, that Cajun oh, restaurant cool. was across the street from the cemetery that holds uh, Bruce Lee's uh, uh, grave. In case that's your kind of thing, maybe it's it's October. It's spooky season, so maybe you can visit your cemeteries. Uh, uh, something it's up spooky you. season. Fairies and uh, cemeteries. That's uh, that's the title of your new biography. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. Anymore. <laughs> did, we you ever watch, um, did you ever oh, watch? Did you ever watch a? Uh, did you watch? Uh, What's that Tarantino movie that just came out? That just came out. The newest. Did one. you watch it? No, I didn't well, see any. Yeah, of the movies. newest one. I haven't seen any oh, of the movies. All right, never mind. Probably pulp, never parts mind. of Pulp Fiction, but that's about it. <laughs> so it's been a while. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't know if will we here. We'll talk about this, and then we'll try and end it on a on a happier note. Um, so then the other the other part of my week that happened was. Uh, I got laid off from my work. Oh no! And so, I joined the the ranks of of the dearly departed. Um, We're not dead. My goodness. Well, my 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 work life is dead. Well, so. screw that life, then. Who needs work? <laughs> but yeah, I guess. Um, so I don't know you. I don't know if if you want me to to share, but. You know, I I meet the ranks with Charles. Oh, and so oh, I've been employed for a while. We, this is my uh, third tour, I think, of unemployment. Is it? Oh, probably. There you go. Third yeah. tour of duty. Yeah. Um. I like I always tell people, if you could afford to go get unemployed to get laid off, absolutely do it. And um. Uh, now is not the best time because you can't travel much, but you're kind of traveling too right now, so it's it's working out for you. If you can do it, do it, and uh, uh, don't worry about it. I think the what happens first, you sort of freak out, like oh shoot, I don't have a job and I have um, bills to pay. Hopefully, you uh, plan ahead a little bit and saved up some money. Um, you'll get unemployment, which will help. I don't know how much you'll get right now. I think it's four hundred five a week. For you get eight, ten every two weeks before we're getting that COVID, the sweet, sweet COVID money, I like to call it, of extra $600 a week. But I don't think you get that extra $600 a week. Although California, they've been adding another $300 a week, and I'm not sure why. So it just shows up, and I don't ask questions. So if you can survive, uh, and that was enough when I went unemployment the first time, that was um, probably 2013 or so. So it's been a while back. Well, back, that was enough for me to survive fine without dipping to savings too much. So if you can do it, mm-hmm. I see, I recommend do it because you, you take a break. The second thing I want to tell you to not panic about is, like, I know you. I know you can do your job fine. You are hireable. You will find a job um, in the future. You're, you, you, like, you'll be fine. And I say that because there will be a time when you start looking for jobs and you'll think to yourself, who is ever going to hire me? I don't know. I don't have enough experience compared to but at least other people. And I have people who are coming right out of college, so they're much cheaper than hired to hire than to hire me. But 
you will find a job somewhere and you are smart enough, you're good enough at what you do that you'll be fine. So don't panic. I don't know if you're panicking or not, but I'm assuming you're panicking or you at least you panicked at some time when you found out. And that, that's what you should tell. Well, tell I guess. <clears throat> well, yeah, I was going to, and maybe you've already kind of gone into it as an extent. I guess I just wonder, um, like, what was your reaction like B- both initially and then in the coming months, you know, after you were laid off? Yeah. Um, the first time, well, I'll tell about the big layoff I had because I was laid off a couple times. But like the first time I was laid off, my boss set me up with a different company, basically. So I only, I was only laid off for like a month and start with a new company. The second time I was laid off, I was laid off for a month. Because that one, I, I felt bad for being laid off, you know, sort of, sort of like, oh, crap, I'm laid off. I need to look for a job. And stuff. But um, they hired, rehired me back a month later, and it worked a little bit. And the third time I was laid off, uh, I guess I was laid off fourth time now. The third time I was laid off, that time was a much longer. That time I was sort of burned out and didn't want to work. Um, and so I didn't look super hard for a job in the beginning. I was just ready to not do anything for a while. And that actually felt kind of good to not do anything for a while. And that's the time when, you know, I, I actually got the unemployment and um, the and figured out that I can survive on it and it'll be fine. Um, I think the biggest hassle is looking for a new job. It's that whole process of where do you look for a new job now? Do you go on LinkedIn or Monster or where do people look? The newspaper? I don't know if people do the newspaper anymore. I'm not sure where people look. And just to, because it's a needle and haystack kind of thing, right? You got to find the right person and they got to find you and then somehow make a connection to go get an interview. And then if you need, if competing with other people, maybe you're not, I don't know. It's it's almost, it's, if you think about it, it's almost impossible. It's a needle and haystack kind of thing. And so that part is annoying. But how I felt at the time when I was layoff first was... There was, there was like, I don't. You feel kind of terrible, right? Because you didn't do a good enough job, or for some reason they don't want you anymore. So it felt terrible. But like the latest time I was laid off, I and now and, and we're both laid off because of COVID. Basically, I didn't have that worry this time, probably because of the experience I had before, and I know things mm-hmm. are going to be fine. In the end. And and other reason was. Uh, yeah, because the reason was I, well, one reason I had the experience, the second reason was this is COVID. This wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. It's just the, the, the happenstances that, you know, there was nothing I can do about it. So there was nothing for me to worry about in that case. There's nothing that I could have done to have stopped the disease to keep my job. So um, I think it's good to know mm-hmm. that too, that it's unfortunate you're laid but it's not really your fault. Uh, you, you weren't, it wasn't like you were yeah. slacking and not working hard or anything. You just didn't have work for you because there's no work for anybody. I think. Yeah. I think, um, I guess my, my reaction was, I think the first part was like, I was, I was super bummed out because, you know, I had been with the company for over five years and I don't, I don't say that to think like they owed me anything, but I just say that to, to say like, I, I worked for this company for five years and then it was, it's all gone. Um, and then, 
So that was that was kind of the other part was this is like the first time I've ever been laid off from any job ever. So it's it's so new to me. And uh, and so that was that's something that I've had to, you know, even if, even if it's been like less than a week or even like a couple of days since I've been laid off, um, just thinking about that. And then the the one thing that I don't I don't have anxiety financially mm-hmm. because I did I do have like an emergency account and including like the rest of my pay and whatever unemployment that I do get like I'm going to be fine for you know until the end of the year and I don't have any sort of debts or even like a lease so I don't even have like any bills that are necessarily pending or or I need to get on and figure out that money. So I'm, I'm still grateful for the situation I am in. Um, I just say, I, I just get an anxiety because I've always had a job and that's just been a part of my life. Like ever since I was 14 years old, I've had a job. I've always been working. I've always been doing something. So it just seems, it gives me anxiety just because like I'm not doing that right now. So it feels weird. It feels like, like even today or yesterday, you know, I spent a good amount of time writing and I spent a good amount of time reading and I was looking and I, I feel that like unemployment. So just on a day level, like it was a still productive day, but because it wasn't a job per se, like it still gave me anxiety. Like I got to do something. And I think that's something that maybe I, I, I plan on looking, you know, but I'm not necessarily um worried about it because of the financial aspects of it the other thing that i kind of just think about is is the job market is in this whole COVID thing so finding you i want to find the best job and the best opportunity but i feel like under the given circumstances that's nearly impossible to do like right now you would find the best opportunity in the given circumstances and that might not necessarily be the one that you would have taken say if this happened in in a regular if you were just laid off on you know not with the covid well, pandemic well, I, don't know if I, I don't know if i don't if agree that's with something you that, that you entirely because um having worked longer than you have i value where i work and who i work with far more than i did at your stage. And so I wouldn't discount that. Mm-hmm. I Like even if I interview right now and I got one um, offer, I'm not a thousand percent, I will take it right away just because it's an offer. If I didn't gel with that place or the people that interviewed me um, and just felt kind of, like I interviewed at a place one time and it, they downsized a lot. It was just a, it was a small firm, right? So, uh, it was like probably half the size of our office, maybe. So it was not that big. But there was only two or three people working there because they downsized a bunch and they're just starting to rebuild. And the the office was dark, not all the, the not all the lights worked. There was dingy, not dingy, but it was dark as cubicles and it was just quiet. People didn't weren't talking. It wasn't a lively place. And even though they made me an offer, I turned it down and then because I didn't want to work there. So even if I did get an offer, I will still be a little picky. And even now, I probably will still be that kind of a little bit more picky um, than, than not picky at all. Because I 
think if I'm working at a place that's making me unhappy, it is it is so much worse than it is worse than just not working at all. That uh, yeah, that I rather I I rather not work at all than to work at a place I not don't like working at. Um, thing was, yeah, no, I I agree. And go ahead. No, I was just I was just gonna say that um, I I definitely like one reason I enjoyed the company we worked for was because of the circumstances. Like I enjoyed the people that I worked with. I enjoyed the kind of flexibility that I was given, and uh, and so that's kind of one thing. Like as you said, I'm super cautious and super even wary about is trying to find a good situation. Because I've, you know, I've worked for a different company that, you know, by all means was not a nightmare, but I, I would have, I would have uh, quit that job probably far, far sooner than the amount of time that I ended up working for this company. Well, the other thing is you can make it whatever you want too. I mean, it's not just you're stepping into that thing. You can change things. And I mean, you can't change everything, but make it your own, make it do things that you like to do uh, at it. Um, so, yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention was earlier about unemployment. This may not apply to you, but it might play to other people listening, is that don't be ashamed to get unemployment. You paid into that already. It is there to help you. Um, don't feel like you shouldn't get unemployment or ashamed to get it because it's it's there to help. And it, it, this may not apply to you, but it might play to somebody listening. Go for it. Don't, don't don't feel shame don't feel bad about it mm-hmm. no I, I think that's definitely true that's one thing that most people don't don't think about is that we have literally paid into this system so is there for us to use but yeah all in all I guess I wondered you know how how your mindset was right now I mean obviously I'm still processing it I think uh, I think uh, it's just weird because it's such a it's such a huge void, and I have to figure out you know what to do. Like I told you before that this isn't something that I've wanted to do the rest of my life. So I'm not sure. You know, people say of signs and stuff like that. I don't know if this is a sign of hey, you should. Uh, this is your opportunity to look into what else you want to do with your life and. If you're interested in something else, to go for it. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of that weird predicament for my own, for what what's you know uniquely happening in my life, where I just think maybe I try and go into a different career field, or maybe I try and um, yeah, just e- even in terms of like, you know, I was in Los Angeles and. Now I don't even have a lease in Los Angeles. Like there's nothing that keeps me to the state of California anymore. So it's just so many different things that I think that's what makes it very anxious and it makes it very optimistic and it makes it, I was telling my girlfriend this, it kind of makes it scary because now it's like all of the decisions are up to me and I try and tend to be a person that I try and plan things out to the best of my abilities and prepare myself to the best of my abilities, depending on what path I'm trying to take. And I just say that it gets kind of scary because 
there are so many decisions and so many things that I'm going to have to move forward with. And I wonder, okay, make the best decision you yeah, can. Yeah, if I were in your position, that would be the scariest part, I think. Uh, just because everything's open now. Like, it, I think things are easier when you have some guidelines or some restrictions. Like, I have to stay in California because my parents live here. Or I have to stay in this field because uh, this is what I trained in and I love doing this field. So the limits it down. But when everything's open like that, when anything's a possibility, I think that's even more overwhelming. That was not positive or encouraging, but <laughs> that's so good luck. Well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't I didn't think I didn't think it was. It's like not to not to stay on the, the negative train. But, I don't just stay know, on the negative train. I'm that. driving the negative train. <laughs> I have my monthly pass solely on the negative train. Yeah. So yeah. Best of luck um, to you in the job. Hunt. I was gonna I was gonna ask you one I was gonna uh-huh. ask you one thing is it's is I want you to give give me advice. Like if you were to put yourself in my shoes. So with kind of the situation that we talked about mm-hmm. with my situation and how it's unfolded and everything, um would you do you think, especially with, you know, in kind of bringing this whole thing full circle um with with everything that's happening in the country would you consider going moving to a different country altogether i thought about that a little bit when i was laid off cuz um like the us is pretty much screwed up right now so i thought about moving to canada cuz you know the company we worked before was based in Canada. And I do know some of the Canadian uh, counterparts because we work together on different projects. So I was thinking maybe I should just move to Canada and still work for the same company, just under a different different people uh, and do that. I think I've lost you. Hello? Sorry. Okay. The last five seconds, uh, oh, nothing was okay. coming in. So just start oh. over. Um, so, yeah, I thought about that. Um, why I was first laid off because the U.S. was uh, kind of screwy at the time. It's still screwy now. Uh, so I thought about moving to Canada because uh, wh- the company we work for uh, is based in Canada, so they have Canadian offices. And I know some of the people in Canada because we worked on a project together. So I thought about reaching out to them and then seeing if they were needing any help and just move to Canada. I don't know how possible it is to move to a different country at the moment um in in the whole like our borders are closed kind of way but i don't know but i mean how attached are you to the u.s kind of thing you know it's it may not be a bad idea and i don't think it's a bad idea i guess is what i'm saying but i don't know implausibility if it's doable because of you know we don't we our borders are closed or even trying to find a job out there so yeah i don't know yeah i kind of uh because i think with um i think my i was talking to my mom and she was saying that they might be thinking of of going back to mexico and although i don't want to go back to mexico um i definitely you know if they left 
it's, it's, like, there's nothing holding now your hair. It's like that's yeah. yeah, exactly. That does another uh, not a wrench, but another variable and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I think it's it's funny how it, this year is like the year of the unexpected. <laughs> Just it's this like, one week. Jesus, how many? <laughs> How many? Yeah, how many more things can change? Yeah, yeah that's. I say leave it open. You know, don't, don't, don't uh, close that door. You know, that might be a door you walk through. Mm-hmm. I, I think for you so right now, for you, like you should, you need to figure out what you really want to do, right? Do, do you, oh do you yeah, want to, yeah, that's the number. Where one. do you want to stay? Where do you, what kind of job do you want? And then I think come up with a plan of attack. But right now, just trying to figure out what you want. Because if you don't narrow it down, it's going to be, you know, you're too many choices and you can't lock down anything. Yeah. And so what were you saying? So, yeah, so I think that's a big key point. And I guess, well, it does seem like um, week by week, things are going to change. So I'll be... uh, I'll be very curious. Well, and I'll be curious with like what you do too, because it's uh, yeah. I think um, as things keep progressing or things keep hopefully getting better, returning to normal. I mean, we'll have to figure out where it is that we want to go and what it is that we want to do. Yeah. Or do you have any idea what you're doing for weeks right now? Well, you're only staying in Seattle for a month, right? Do you know what you're going next? Yeah, exactly. Just this month. Right. But do you know where you're going next after this month? Oh, I'm just going to go back home to oh, okay. Kansas City. So no, that, oh, that ends your travel then. Can I interest yeah, you in Detroit? Yeah, that'll end travel and then... <laughs> you probably don't even pay for housing. You can just squat in a house and then it could be yours. No, that's probably not true. Well, kind of true. Um, yeah, I know. I would, I would, yeah, I would actually put Detroit as something you, if you, if that interests you, you should try it because I, I kind of liked it there. I mean, things are kind of rough and stuff, but there's a good spirit about the town. I mean, I, I did not, uh, I've never considered Detroit like remotely. Add it to your list. But maybe, I don't know, you definitely seem to like it, which just be, just for that sheer fact makes me. Makes me wonder if not, it's if it's a good city. No, if it's a good city. I mean, it, you you don't like many cities, so if you like it, then it must be some sort of good. It's, well, I don't know if it's a place to live, but it, it's it, Detroit has had its hard times, and the people who are there now are the people left over, which were resilient people, which have a spirit about them that they want to make it a good place. And I think if you can get into crowds like that with those kind of people, uh, it'll be great. I mean, that's a good part. The bad part is there are bad parts of town. There are people there that are there because they can't leave. And they're just stuck there. And they're stuck there because they're poor or they're, they don't have the skills or whatever. Or for any reason. I mean, it's not a pleasant place for them. And it's not, they're not going to make a pleasant place. But um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be good to stay there for a month, but maybe just to visit. I, I like just visiting. So, I don't know. Hmm. 
I haven't lived there. I can visit it, so it might be different too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll stay updated on it. Hope and uh, wish us luck. Yeah. So for you, you just disappear. Um, do you want to pick? Do you want to talk about your pick of the week first, or do you want me to go with mine? What are your picks of the week? Um, you can go first. You go first. All right. So my pick was sports betting. And this is not, there's a huge disclaimer on this. Wait, did you do this before you got laid off or after? (laughs) This was before. But it's the same after. It's the same after. Um, Is there someone backing up a truck near you? Uh, I don't know why. I'll mute myself and so hopefully I'll help. Okay, so so I did um, sports betting and that was before I was (laughs) laid off. But it's the same afterwards. And this is a disclaimer. This is not encouraging people to sports bet or in any way, shape, or form um, make this a career choice or anything. This is just on random occasions. And to if you do do it, then try and look just simply on what experts say and what experts choose. Um, but the reason I put sports betting is very simple. Like if you want to enjoy something a little bit more, just put some money on it. So if you watch the basketball game and you, it doesn't even have to, that's another thing. It does not have to be a insurmountable amount that you're going to lose your apartment. Um, if you just put, a uh, like $5 bet on the money line of the game. Like it just makes watching the game a lot more enjoyable. Like you'll just root for things. You'll be more invested in it. You'll be more emotional about it. And if you just do a small little bet, then it makes it a lot more feasible. So if you lose five bucks, like, I don't know, that's how much your coffee probably costs. So you're all right with that. Um, but then you'll be able to kind of like watch a game. It's kind of like when people play fantasy sports and they just like root for the player and root for what's happening during the game. Um, This is kind of the same sort of thing is put a little bit of money on what you want and then it'll be a lot more fun when you just watch it or even if you just are like, hey, I don't have anything to do, like, on a Saturday. Just put $5 on a sports game and then watch it, and you will have a much better time than, you know, just watching any sort of event. I I know a little bit what you're talking about. I I don't do much sports betting. You know, I joined the Super Bowl pool, or we play March Madness uh, brackets every once in a while, and that's okay. But I love going to the races. (laughs) I love, I don't know if you've ever been to horse races. I love going to horse races. It's, I haven't. You have Santa oh Anna, my gosh. Is that where you went? The Santa Anita, yeah, by my house. Yeah. Uh, uh, or not that close to my house, but it's close. Oh, I love it. First of all, it's only during the summer. I don't know when the season is, but the weather's great. The weather's always nice out here. And they have like a, like a dozen races in a day. And it only takes two bucks. It only takes two bucks to pick a horse. Mm-hmm. But you can also do you can also do more complicated like pick the trifecta perfecta whatever and pick, and pick the pick six where you pick all the winners of six races. But it's a great day at the park because the weather's great and usually they have food trucks in there and you you know you can get dressed up if you wanted to just for fun, 
This is a great day at the park. And then you throw in the betting. It makes every race so much more interesting. Like, I can't see that clearly. So I can't see which horses I just bet on. But when it's racing, coming around, and then people start shouting, and then you're yelling, and because you you, you're, you're in it, because you put $2 in, it makes it so much better. <laughs> I, I, you got to go to the races. I know it's, it's, I don't know if kids go to races so much anymore. I mean, it's, it feels like an older adult thing. But man, I love going to races. I haven't done it in a while. I mean, this year is terrible. But then, you know, last year, a bunch of horses kept dying at the track near my house. <laughs> so that was an issue. But once that starts up again, I highly recommend going to the races at least once. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. Because, yeah, it's, it's the difference between watching just a horse's race and putting just $2. $2. You know, you spend more than that you can, on coffee. It makes it, it makes it so much more interesting, and your heart's beating at the you know at the finishing line to see who wins the or finish line and see who wins the racing. It's it's great. <laughs> I, I'm recommending horse racing. I know. Okay, I, I'm kind of surprised that you agree. We usually don't agree on picks of the weeks. Um, <laughs> well, okay, but, fine. That's that's semi true. But this is uh, very. Uh, a change of refreshing. Well, I only done horse racing. I haven't pace. been to Vegas and done like basketball games and all that stuff. I need to do more research on that and how to do it because, because uh, even the horse racing, I took a class. They offer a free class. That's another thing. They offer a free class like at noon and you, 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 you could buy the, uh, the, what is it called? It's like the, it's a newspaper they print out and it has the odds of each horse right on it. And it has the information on each horse. So you can buy the thing for a couple dollars. And then, so you can do a little, research on the horse you want to pick but most of the time if you know nothing and just pick the name you like that's perfectly fine too there's no wrong way to bet on a horse but like sports games and and other things like the vegas betting i haven't done i haven't looked into it but i i know like vegas betting there's like you can like bet on the winner and loser but you can also bet like oh this person will score this many points or this is what the score will be in half and and it's complicated and all that stuff and i don't that i don't i don't have that much interest in betting to go that far but uh, trying to pick a horse. Yeah, I mean, definitely so. the the caveat is also to do something you're interested in. I mean, I love betting on <laughs> basketball and and fighting because like I actually enjoy the sports. So, it, but horse racing is a perfect one because you don't have to know anything about it. You just have to be like, no. this horse has to go around and make it to the finish. You line. don't, but if you do, it. It, it it makes it more interesting. It increases your your betting skills because if you know understand how the odds work or if you understand like, oh, because it gives all sorts of information. Like this is the mom horse and this is the dad horse that formed this horse and this horse is, you know, this type of horse. And so it runs better on the, the grass track instead of the dirt track. There's tons of variables in it that you can also learn about. So it's not just guessing, like professional uh, uh, betters aren't just guessing. But if you don't know anything about it, it's perfectly fine too because you can just pick a name you like, and that's and it works, and it's still you can still win. It doesn't always work, but you can at least still win. Yeah. So that's my pick of the week: sports Sounds betting. Fun. Do it, do it at a safe way. Do not bet the house on this. Okay, this is not that is not the advice. There's no wrong way to bet that I was this. giving. No, there is. You know, listen to one. Um, great. Uh, my pick of the week is uh, a journalist named Zenetefeki. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. But she wrote an article for The Atlantic this week about COVID. She's like the only person, she's the only person I trust right now that reports on COVID. Because her articles 
and information are well-researched. She's a journalist that usually writes about technology, I think. Uh, but during this pandemic, she's been writing about this. I mean, she wrote uh, other stuff. I think, I think SARS, when SARS was around, she wrote about it. But her information is really, uh, um, really, really good and well thought out. She has an article in The Atlantic this week about um, the, the the virus being uh, over di- diverse, no, dispersive. It's the way it's transmitted. Basically, it's like an 80-20 rule. There's only about 20% people who had the virus transmit it. That means 80% don't transmit it to other people. But these people that transmit it transmit it to a lot of people all at once. They're like super spreaders. And this sort of this article came out, I think, Wednesday or Thursday. And then right after that, Trump got COVID. And it's and it it's proving her right that we're finding out more and more Republicans got the 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 virus because I think they were all the same place. There was a super spreader event, and it seems to be pointing to the event at the Rose Garden where they were announcing the the justice nominee, uh, Supreme Court justice nominee. So this all the article came out right before that, but it's a long article. It's a complicated article, but she does a really good job of breaking it down. Um, I'm a little. It, I, I was reading the article trying to figure out what I should be doing, right? Uh, besides washing hands, wearing masks, is just something we should be doing. It isn't really anything for us to do as individuals. It's more policy and what the CDC should be saying that we should be doing and the government should be saying that we're doing. Um, so, but it's a wonderful article. I'll link it in show notes or something or on the on our website or somewhere so you can read it. But also follow her on Twitter because she she is really good. She's way, very well thought out. And so I tr- actually trust what she says about it. And because there's a lot of people, just, especially if you're just watching the news, they're just sort of repeating things and saying, um, you know, you know, don't, don't, don't say, don't go in crowded places. And then, for, I mean, one example she's, she's always upset is news articles that say, don't go to crowded places and show a beach that's crowded. First of all, that picture may be doctored to make it look like it's crowded. Second of all, going to a beach it's far less risky, far safer than going to a restaurant, somewhere you're sitting inside, right? But they show a picture of a beach and tell you, don't go to crowded places. So the way that they're reporting, that just regular news outlets are reporting is misleading. And she's trying to fight that. And so uh, read read the article, Atlantic article, but also follow her on Twitter. I think it's her name, basically, uh, at her name on Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll, send the, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can get, access the article easily and can find her twitter easily but yeah good good stuff if you're looking for more accurate information about covid and what is her her background because she's a she's journalist a journal. but yeah i, I guess I, i'm trying to play devil's advocate uh, right again so right like, she's you know her right she's not an epidemic ep- she's not a <laughs> virus expert <laughs> i can't say the word but she is not a medical expert, but she does her due diligence when reporting in journalism. And so that's why uh, I believe her because she, she isn't the one that's gathering the, she's not doing the research, you know, putting together the, the, uh, how, how do I say it? She's, she's doing a lot of research, right? But she's not putting together the, the research together for the white papers, but she's reading all the white papers to break it down for us to understand it better. Because she breaks it down to more plain language. Does that make sense? Yeah, she's so she's just a oh, really okay. good journalist because she just researches like a good journalist should. 
Well, that's nice. So she's like a, a very just calming and true voice um, of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, right calming in the sense that she's you can tell she's put thought in it and she, but i mean she gets angry of at politicians doing things you know like Your the utah senator was at the event is. and you just pictures and video of him hugging people without a mask on and she yells at that but she yells at it you know with reason you know so she, she's just not just angry yelling for no reason she's it's it's based on fact and evidence. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. I'll definitely give her a try because yeah, most of the time when I'm kind of looking up stuff, I am all over the place trying to find something that is good and true and also not panicky. You know, I don't like the panic and widespread of it that the media seems to be taking part in so i'll definitely give it a check it out and then we'll we'll link it on there i'll have you send it to me and i'll put it on um, our pages as well so um we uh charles is sorry. still trying to figure out his <gasps> mic so sorry oh, i was muted uh, no, i was just saying uh, she explains in the article why japan was a success and why Sweden was a semi-success in stopping COVID. And she gives the reasons why. And it's a fascinating read. Uh, yeah, but have to check it out. Okay. Nice. So then for um, you, what is your week? I haven't thought that far. Week? I don't think I anything special going on. Yeah, I don't think I have anything special going on, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out next week what I did this week. No, I'll we'll find out next week what I did next week. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think for me, um, kind of a lot of – sounds so cliche, but it's true. Maybe a lot of soul-searching for me and just kind of seeing how it goes and – how I'm feeling. Um, the other thing is I'm going to Inside go one? to a gym on Monday. So wow. I'm going to go Don't to die. an inside gym. Yes. Wear a mask. And, um, so I'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'll see how it feels. Okay. Um, I'll give an update. Yeah. So I'll give an update on that. Um, and then also the random adventures at the in Seattle and how that's going. Um, cool. And uh, another episode down. I think that's it. <laughs> episode died. Another episode yeah. down. Who episode nine. We're making a double digit. We're almost at ten. I'm gonna buy it myself. Anything an ice big cream that's cake. gonna happen for the tenth. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome to. Well, you're not All here, right. so I guess I have to eat it myself. I'm oh, gonna well. share it. Uh, <laughs> Well, one thing, one thing I wondered if if I was actually in LA, would we do the shows like um, in an apartment, or would online. we still be doing them? Because I would online. need like a little mixer and stuff to do it in person, and I don't know how comfortable in person in a room would be right now. Like I meet up with some friends, but I know, but like right now when I'm well, visiting I mean, my we friends, would stand I only apart. meet them outside. We I don't stand apart from each other. We go out and eat outside, or go to a park or something, or meet in a park. But I don't go to their house inside. I'm still not comfortable with that. 
Hmm. Yeah, I kind of wonder that because I feel like it would be it would add a level of it nah, would this improve as good as it gets. the quality of it just because you kind of <laughs> you know I think if you have a conversation with someone, <laughs> the numbers show. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, um, what, what, how do we end this? Oh, yeah. Check our website spf0podcast.com. We'll have the links to stuff and uh, find us. You know, if you're listening, you probably found us in a podcaster somewhere. So continue to subscribe. Tell your friends if you have any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's tough. laughs> yeah. Somebody needs to. All right. Yeah. Good get the time, word everyone. out. <laughs> we don't need a reason to do this. <laughs> Give us a reason to do this. <laughs> That's also true. We don't wow. have a reason okay. to do this. That was sobering. <laughs> this may be our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> almost <laughs> episode 9 is always we almost got to I double stop. digits that's as, always as good as it gets it's all downhill from there. <laughs> I know I can never get I, I can never this. Anyway, I can never I'll get see you next week one. alright bye <laughs> alright see ya <laughs>